0: We're in the middle of this series called Receive, R-E-C-I-E-V-E, receive, or how to receive from God, how to receive from the Lord. God wants us to not just be believers, he wants us to be what? Wants us to be receivers. Don't just believe in Jesus, receive Jesus. Don't just believe in forgiveness, receive forgiveness. Don't just believe in the grace of God. Receive the grace of God. If you just, if you're just a believer, you don't ever take it up to yourself, then it won't affect you. If it don't affect you, it won't affect anybody else. But God wants us to have an effect. Right? God doesn't want us to infect. He wants us to affect. God wants us to affect, but we need to be receivers. I have a body that's called a body pack. I have a transmitter right now. This transmitter is transmitting signals, but on that table is the receiver. And you can have the transmitter transmitting, but if the receiver on that table is not picking up that signal, if it's not receiving, if it's not on, then the transmitting doesn't do any good. And God's constantly transmitting. He's always saying something. He's always doing something. How many of you glad that he's not just, uh, he's not idle? No, he's constantly, he's constantly transmitting. So we just have to get on the right frequency, right? We got to get on the right bandwidth, the right frequency. How many of y'all love those cell phones? How many of y'all don't like that little circle up at the top? Y'all know what that little circle means? Nothing. You're getting nothing, right? No signal. You get uh, no Facebook. Boo. Right? No Twitter, no Instagram. I've got the little circle at the top. Uh, I'm not receiving anything. Well, God wants you and I to be receivers. And we've looked at the fact, number one, that, God, that God's willing to do that. God's willing for you and I. He's willing to send some things our way if we'll pick up on those signals. And then last week we found out that the Lord, in order for us to be good receivers, we've got to be rooted. If, if you want to be a good receiver, you have to be rooted. Rooted. Some of you aren't here. That's why I'm giving you just a quick recap. God wants us to put down roots in the Word of God. If you were here last week, I cut cut the roots off of a tree and that tree wouldn't stand up, right? And sometimes Christians are always falling into fear, falling into sin, falling into temptation, falling into, falling in and out of lots of things because they just don't have any roots. They've never put down roots in the word of God and the house of God and the relationships of God. But once you start putting some roots down, then you can stand. You don't have to fall into everything. You don't have to always be on this great roller coaster of Christianity. No, if you'll put down some godly Holy Ghost uh, roots into Him and His presence and the Word of God, then, then, then you can draw. Y'all you know that's what those roots do, they draw from that source right, they're drawing nutrients, they're drawing water, there is a drawing out, but last week I kind of talked about putting roots down into the written word of God, finding scriptures, and if if the Bible says it, then you can have it, if the Bible says it, then you can stand on it, the Bible says, Jesus said that we're supposed to build our house on the rock, and when the storms of life come, your house will stand, but if you don't build your house on the rock, you build it on sand, then when the storms of life, it won't stand, right? So God wants us to build our rock on a build on the written word of God. But this morning, I want to talk to you about being rooted uh, on the spoken word of God. And and there's a difference. In the scriptures, in the Bible, God speaks things to people, and that's for them specifically. God will tell Keith something. Keith, this is your assignment. This is your purpose. This is your mission. This is your life. This is your dream. And that's something that's specific to Keith. So we have the spoken word of God that he gives you, but you also have the uh, the written word of God. I'm sorry, but you also have the spoken word of God. And that's where God tells you something. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being rooted in, in hope, being rooted in hope. Now, whenever I say hope, I don't mean like I hope Piccadilly comes back or I hope I get a new car or I hope I get a promotion because that's really not the hope that I'm speaking of. I'm really talking about a picture or a dream or a vision, a plan that, that you get rooted solid into that plan, that picture, that vision, that thing for you. You get rooted in that dream. And you 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 don't let anything shake you off of it. I mean, I grew up. Uh, I would get nightmares. Any of y'all get nightmares? Rest of y'all line. Yes, I mean, y'all know certain things trigger nightmares. Yes. If you get too hot, are y'all like that, y'all? If you get too hot, like if I have too many covers on and I start sweating, I have weird like. People chasing me with knives, just bad, bad nightmares, uh, and wake up sweating. It's horrible. Uh, so certain things will trigger these nightmares. My, my daughter, I have an eight-year-old, and I woke up the other, I guess it was a couple days ago, and uh, she's sleeping on the floor. How many you ever done that before? And you don't know how she got there. You're like, what are you doing on my floor? had a nightmare, had a nightmare, what was the nightmare, so she says, well, this man was trying to get get me to eat bad food, (laughs) really, Ansley, that was the nightmare, yeah, he was trying to get me to eat bad things. Like broccoli, probably, I'm assuming. Like Brussels sprouts, probably asparagus. Like, eat this. <laughs> I'm going to my daddy's room. I'm going to my daddy's room trying to eat me, trying to get me any vegetables. That's horrible. He's totally having a nightmare. But but I, I never, uh, it doesn't bother me that whenever I wake up in the morning and I see my kids sleeping on the floor, because I remember as a kid that I slept on the floor in my parents' room up until an age that I'm too embarrassed to tell you. <laughs> So I'm not gonna go there. Uh no, sir. Uh but I remember as a kid, uh, I would I would be afraid that somebody was gonna some of you some of you young people maybe can relate with me. Some of you old people may still be afraid. Uh but I was afraid that people were gonna break into my house and uh rob us or do bad things or, or whatever. So I would be six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We'll just cut off there uh up until at least 10 and I would I would feel like bad things were going to happen so I would go and uh, knock on my parents door and uh, I would I would want to go in there and my dad would be like what do you want I'm like, I want to sleep on the floor in your room and uh he would be like no <laughs> no but my mom my mom you know I love you mother yeah your mama would go mama would get all these quilts out of the top of her her closet. And my dad, he'd have been just like throwing me like a couch pillow. (laughs) Been like, fine, couch pillow. But my mom, she would get up in the middle of the night and she would make me like a six quilt, old grandma quilt, you know, the ones that smell like old grandma Oh man, but there's nothing like them. Just I'm going back right now. My mind, like, oh, it's wonderful. So uh, she would make me this big pallet, and I would lay on the floor, and I would not go to sleep there. Why? Well, because that's where I felt safe. And the reason I felt safe there is because my dad, uh, he was just he was he was bad to the bone, right? My dad had like uh, a gun in the top drawer dresser. He had one under the bed, uh, like a nightstick. You know, my dad always had a bunch of <laughs> weapons, but he wasn't like the weird kind of weapon guy that always had like a boot knife or something. Something. but he was still kind of like he did have he you know daddy why you got an axe handle on the back of your truck in case somebody messed with me man you're saved feel the holy spirit you carry an axe handle around in the back of your truck he had a gun in the thing you know so i knew as a kid if anybody comes in this house they better go around this room right here they better leave this tv alone because kip is in the house and he's loaded for bear baby so as a kid i wanted to get in there Snuggle down there at the, at the foot of that bed and uh, to, to get away from these nightmares. Now, I mean, y'all know, uh, as an adult, your nightmares or your bad dreams may end at night, but a different type of dream or nightmare can come into your regular eight to five job. And that one may have, have to do with is there enough money? How's my marriage? How's my kids? And you can be tormented uh, by what if? What if we don't make it here or what if that doesn't work or what if the business goes under and you can during the day you can take even though God will give you a dream or a picture or a vision if he wants the devil wants to shake you off of that thing. So I want to talk to you this morning about just being rooted into that thing that God told you specifically. I will say this sometimes y'all know dreams change. Seasons change in your life. Sometimes things that you think God told you to do of uh, that season may end. And then other times God'll you you think God'll tell you some things and, and it may not be him. How many of y'all thought you were gonna marry that girl? I did in Bible college. There was a girl, I thought the Lord told me she it. I'm here to tell you she is not it. After 15 years of marriage to my current wife, she is not it. Was never it. At one time, though, I thought the Lord that that she was the one. How many of y'all thank God for unanswered prayers? <laughs> Garth Brooks, 98. How many of y'all remember that? <laughs> Largest concert. Ever, just forget it. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Right. So sometimes God speaks things to you, and and, and but there are seasons to it but whenever God says something to you you have to really put roots on that thing and you have to try and and really hold on to it because if not it can be it can it cannot work for you uh, Job chapter 14 I'm gonna give you this first verse here it says for there I love this verse Job chapter 14 verse 7 it says there is hope for a tree there's hope for a tree what is the hope of that tree when it is cut down that it will sprout again. Woo-wee. Man, that's a good word right there. Some of you just take that and run We we'll just go home with that one. There's hope for a tree. What is the hope of any tree? Its roots. The hope of a tree are its roots. The hope of a tree is not really its branches. Katrina, Katrina knocked the top out of that tree, but that thing will still live. I don't know about you, but I live on a piece of property where I've probably cut 100 trees, and I'm fed up, tired of it. Because I've cut them down and yet I go out there and they're still growing. How many of y'all got trees like that? There's nothing there. It's cut off at the ground. I have one stump that I bet I've put 10 gallons of motor oil on it. Don't tell the environmentalists. I don't tell the environmentalists, but every time I change the oil in one of my pieces of equipment, I go dump it on this stump and set it on fire. And I kid you not, you go to my house right now, and there's a sprig coming right out of the top of it, and those roots are saying, we're still here, baby. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you cut me down, but there's hope in these roots. There's hope in them, and though you cut it down, what's the rest of the verse says? It says, it shoots, will not fail. Though its roots grow old in the ground and its stumps will die in dry soil, at the scent of water, it will flourish. And it will put forth sprigs like a plant. So I'm talking to you about this morning because sometimes God will give you a dream or a vision. It seems like that thing gets cut down. It's like, man, I don't see how this thing can be possible. I don't see how it can ever live. And yet the Bible says right here, just at the scent of water. You get in God's presence, and that dream or that hope will just have the hint of some water, and all of a sudden, that thing will sprout and bud again. And it may have been dead or on the shelf for three years or five years or ten years. It could be for a spouse or a marriage or for your kids or for for any number of things, and you think it's just over, but you get in the God's presence. He says, if you'll stay here in my presence, that's kind of where we miss it, though. We'll, We'll get in God's presence, may not get there again for the next three years. And that root's just begging for water. It's like, if you'll just give me some water, then that dream can live, those roots can live, even when it's cut down. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. His hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. It spreads out its roots by the river. It will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit, even in a time of desolation. Total drought. He says all, uh, even though it could be cut down, or even though it's totally dry, there's roots, but you have to let those roots hold on. So God will give you a vision or a dream. If you look, in, if you look all throughout the Bible, how many of y'all remember Abraham? He actually wasn't Abraham, his name was Abram. God said, Abram. Yes, maybe. Abram, I want you to get outside of your tent. Get out of your tent and look up. Abram gets out of his tent, he looks up and the Lord tells him, he says, so the stars of the sky, that's how many kids you're going to have. God gives him a picture or a dream or a hope or a vision and he says, you look up because as many stars as up there, that's the vision or the picture or the plan that I'm giving you. That's what you need to be moving towards. And what's Abram's response? He says, I don't have any kids and I'm getting old. My 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 body, my parts aren't quite what they used to be thirty years ago. My wife is not quite what she was thirty years ago. But God gives him this picture or this dream and for twenty five years he has to put roots down into that thing while people are telling him it won't work, it can't work, she's too old, he's too old, it's not gonna work. That's Abram. Hey, I do want, now I'm not going to tell you, I want to go see one of those on Monday. I'm not going to tell you which, it's not a bad one, but (laughs) Platinum Super Saver, (laughs) that is a heck of a deal. Jeez Louise, man, well, I'm going to sit down and we'll just watch the show, I'll pick up, once the movie's over. All right, you sure, you sure you got it? It's just small distraction. Listen, we're talking about you gotta, you. got to hone in on the dream. Yeah. Yeah. See, so this is just living illustrations right here. This is your opportunity to try to hone in on it. Uh, so back to Abram. God told him, he says, I'm going I'm to change your name to what? Abraham. He says, I'm going to change your name because you're going to have to call that thing in. You're going to have to, your name's no longer Abram. Now I'm going to call you Abraham. And that means father of many. And of course, he goes around, tells everybody, don't call me Abraham anymore. You got to call me Abraham. And they say, Ham, that means father of many. He said, I know I'm going to have a whole bunch of kids. God gave me a dream, a vision, a picture, a hope. I'm going to have a whole bunch of kids. You don't have any kids. And you're like 80. Ten years go by. You're like 90. You still have any kids. I know, but keep calling me Abraham because I've got my roots into this hope. And nothing is going to shake me off of it, so all throughout the Bible, you have people that are given dreams or vision God poured, God had Sam, had uh, Samuel pour oil down David. David's just a shepherd boy, just a kid, just like you guys, just a, just a kid, just a teenager, and the prophet of God comes to David and dumps oil, which is the anointing of God is what it represented it says you 're going to be king one day. Well, fast forward 20 years, and King and, and he's in a cave running for his life. Saul's trying to kill him. He's broke, distressed, in death, discontented. He's in the cave of Abdullah, and it looks like all bets are off. The tree's been cut down. There's no water in sight, and yet he just knows how to anchor himself into that hope of, no, I know that I'm going to be what God told me I'm going to be. I know I'm going to do what God told me that I'm going to do. And you go all the way through the scriptures. For me, uh, just the past couple of years, it would have to do with this church. This would be the next place you'll live. You'll start a church. Don't know nobody down here. No, I know my grand, my father in law, my, my mother in law. You're going to start a church. Start a church from nothing. And and if I, but if I didn't know how to anchor myself into that rhema word, if I didn't know how to anchor myself into that hope, whenever it looks like it's not going to work, it's impossible. Then you just fold up shop. You just fold up shop and go do something else. God told Jacob he said Jacob you're going to be a father of many I'm going to bless you you're going to do awesome things then he actually gave Jacob the dream Jacob goes to bed and and, and he dreams of a ladder that connects heaven and earth and there's angels transferring back and forth up and down that ladder and in the middle of it Jacob's going through a pretty bad time in his life but God gives him this dream and he's telling him he's saying Jacob I want you to know that while you're sleeping I'm working even though you're sleeping there's still this ladder and there's still these angels going back and forth up and down there's supernatural activities happening even whenever you think everything is pretty natural you think things aren't really working out that way he says supernaturally God's still working and moving and doing things for you but you have to change the way you think Proverbs chapter 23 it says for as a man thinks in his soul or in his heart so is he I I know your mind's pretty powerful as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I love you. You read about George Washington Carver. And, you know, uh, from a physical standpoint, maybe he wasn't the most educated person, but he just asked God, he said, God, just just tell me what I can do with a peanut. Just, just with a peanut. And God gave him 300 inventions of what you could do with a peanut. One peanut. He says, I, I, I want to just, just give me one thing. That, that I can accomplish with this peanut, God said, I'll do you 300 better. He says, I'll give you 300 inventions with a peanut. Thomas Edison, he says, most people think of many things all day long. I think of one thing all day long. That with your mind and with your ability to dream, you can create, that you can, uh, you can fulfill what he's called you to do. First Peter chapter uh, one, it says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the creative. How many of y'all know what loins are? Everybody's got loins. All of you have the, have the ability, right? Moms and dads get together and they create children, right? But here he says that your loins have the ability to create some things, that your mind has the ability to create some things. You can create actually what you think about or what you dream about, what, what, uh, uh, what he gives you. You can either, y'all know that we're all dreamers. We're all dreamers. We're all daydreamers. many of y'all were daydreamers when you were a kid, how many of y'all got in trouble at school for daydreaming? How many of y'all did that at school? Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Huh, huh. How many of y'all did that? What's your mind doing? You just kind of let that thing go a little bit, right? You're your teacher saying this. Some of you, maybe right now, you're just like, waffles. No, bring it home, bring it home. No waffles right now. But you have the ability, God's given you the ability, right? To dream. To dream, and, and and all throughout the Scripture, he's constantly taking people and he's given them these dreams, these visions, these plans, these hopes. But at any time, they could cash it in and say, "No, I can't do it. I've gotten too old. Uh, I, I'm not good enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not this. I'm not that." But all throughout the Scripture, you see people that held on to that thing and they 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 kept it like a child, like a baby, and, and they fed it and they nursed it and they kept it. And sometimes it took years. Some I mean, you I know it took Noah hundred years to build that boat. God gave him a plan, a blueprint. He says, you're going to build it like this. You're going to do this. But it's never rained. Why in the world would I do this? God knows. How many of y'all think he's glad he did? How many of y'all think he's glad that he showed up and took the blue cr- blueprints? And even though it looked like it wasn't working, he still went for it. And sometimes if you're building a church or building a business or building a family, uh, there, there's times when you think, this ain't working. It's not going as planned. It's crooked right? windows off. Things are just not, have you ever built a house before? That's frustrating, isn't it? You build a house and it's just like, man, you come to a point in that project and you think, well, this is not going to work. Yeah, but you don't bulldoze the house down. No, you make the adjustments and you straighten it out and you tear this down. You fix it. Why? Because it's a dream. It's a plan and you got it. You keep moving towards it and you have the ability that God says, listen, you have these creative parts of your mind that you have to gird them up. You know, we don't use that word "gird" except for the word "girdle. man, we don't know nothing about this, but I've seen one. never worn one. thank God. What's a girdle do? I really don't know. <laughs> you got me, but apparently it supports. We're not going to get going too far down this trail here, but the only word that we use "gird" right now is right in 2014. Is girdle, support, and he's saying here, he's saying you have to support, you have to gird up your mind because your mind it'll it'll kill your dreams, it'll kill your hopes. But you have to you have to anchor these things down. You say, listen, I'm not going to any, let anything shake me off of this. I'm not going to let anything. It's been cut down and it's dry, but but I have to. I have to keep going. Two more I'm going to give you this morning. Acts chapter 27. I love this passage of scripture. And uh, this is the dream that God gave Paul. God gave dreams to Abraham and Jacob and Daniel. And Joseph. How many you remember Joseph? Joseph had a dream. Literally like a dream. Like he woke up. He had a dream. But his dream was that all his brothers were going to bow down to him. Pretty good dream. Until he told his brothers... Be careful who you tell your dream to. Yeah, I had this dream last night. All you guys were worshiping me. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, really? The Bible says that they hated him all the more because of his dream. Then he goes to bed. He has another dream that the sun and the moon and the stars bow down to him. Then he goes and tells that to his daddy. And the sun, the moon, and the stars represented his family. His daddy says, so you're saying that me and your mother are going to bow down to you. And it made his daddy very upset. His whole family got really upset at his dream. Sometimes you have dreams that parents, don't, uh, parents just don't understand. DJ Jazzy Jeff, anybody? <laughs> parents just don't understand? Forget it. Parents just don't understand sometimes. Or family members just don't understand. People just don't understand. Say, so what do you mean you're doing this? What do you mean you that? that doesn't make sense. The natural order of your life is supposed to go this direction. But you got you, some dreams you keep close to your chest. Just You keep close to you, and it's between you and God. And then some dreams you do tell, but I guarantee he wished he wouldn't have told that because then they take him, they sell him, they throw him in a pit. Really, they were going to kill him. Instead, they throw him in a pit, and they sell him. He becomes a slave. Then from there, he goes into the palace. From the palace, he thinks, man, everything's going really well. The dream's back on track. But then he goes from the palace. They throw him in prison. Wah, 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 right? Man, this, 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 is not, this, this is not the way I would have predicted it, but by the end of it, all of his brothers and his daddy, his mommy, his whole family was there at the end of the story and they're bowing down to him. They weren't bowing down to worship him, but they were bowing down because there was a famine in the land. No more food, there's nothing to eat. But Joseph had all the food, all the food. So they had to come, they had to bow down. They never recognized him come on, God will do some things so supernatural in you that people see you. They don't even recognize you. It's just totally different. You know, I was speaking to Cody and he's running into some of his friends now that, that were, he was in the service with and grew up with. He said, man, I don't even recognize you. you. don't even act the same. Don't even look the same. Don't even talk the same. Things are totally different about your motives and your what you enjoy, all that kind of stuff. Listen, God will take you. He'll, he'll, he'll rearrange you and change you and then have people that bring people to you and say, listen, I need what you got. I need I need help. But if you let that journey go, then it never materializes and it never works here we have paul last one i'll give you this morning is is in acts chapter 27 god told paul he said paul uh i'm gonna bring you before the most powerful person on the planet i'm gonna bring you before uh caesar now we don't know a whole lot about caesar have y'all seen the movies Caesar right he's head of Rome, the most powerful empire on the planet, and God t- tells paul he says paul i'm going to bring you before Caesar and I'm going to bring you before him so that you can testify and you can witness and, and you can uh, you can try to win him to the Lord uh, because if you can win him, then things will change all across uh, all across the modern world back then I'm going to bring you before Caesar well, if you know anything about Paul on his way to he has about a 30-year stretch. I mean, how the Lord tells you something and you, you want it like now. I'm going to do this. And you're like, sweet. I'm going pack my bags. Well, they may be dusty by the time you actually get on the road. Because he tells Paul, he says, Paul, I'm going to bring you before Caesar. 30 years go by. Still not there. And along the way, Along the way of his dream or his destiny, the Bible says that he was beaten with rods. The same stripes that Jesus took, he took that multiple times. The Bible says that he was stoned multiple times, left for dead. You know what it means to be stoned? With rocks. Let's get it, let's get it right. With rocks. They would take him outside of the city and throw rocks at him until they literally, he says that he was stoned and left for dead. They thought we killed him. Totally, he's dead. He's over. Paul, get back up. Go back into the same city and start preaching again. What a gnarly guy. Don't you like him? 40 people said, we will not eat till we kill him. pretty good enemies right there. I've had some enemies in my life, but man, I've never had 40 people says, we won't eat until he's dead. They must have starved to death because they never killed him. So his journey of making it to Caesar, I mean, just one thing right after another. And whenever we we pick up in this story right now, the Bible says that he's on a ship and he's finally headed to Rome. Finally. He's like, I'm finally going to make it to stand before Caesar. I'm finally on my way to Rome. But on the ship, on the way over there, the Bible says that a storm comes up and that they didn't see the sun or the moon for many days. must have been a pretty bad storm. It literally would have blacked out the sky. So they have to start offloading the ship. Everything that don't need to be on the ship, they start offloading it. I mean, I know sometimes you go through storms, the Lord just offloads some stuff. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, you just off, sometimes it's good to just offload some priorities. Let him take the helm, right? So, so this boat is getting beat and battered and the boat, the ship actually starts to come apart. But here we pick up in verse number 25, Acts chapter 27. And he gets up and he says, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I mean, I don't like people like that Sometimes. You're going through like hell. Cheer up. Shut up. I don't want to cheer up. I'm going through this horrible here. I had a dream and it's all falling apart. Cheer up. I mean, I know people like that. That was him. Paul says, he says, cheer up. But I love Paul because he didn't. He wasn't just giving it mouth service. I mean, I know just give it mouth service. No, he had a reason why he said, cheer up. He says, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I'm going to read it in the message. It says, "...with our appetite for both food and life long gone... Paul took his place in our midst and he said, Friends, you really should have listened to me in Crete and we would have avoided this trouble. But there's no need to dwell on it now. From now on, things are looking up. I can assure you that there will not be one single drowning among us. Although I can't say as much for the ship, the ship will be doomed. But last night, God's angel stood At my side, an angel of God that I serve. And he said to me, don't give up, Paul. Come on, that's your word, some of you guys this morning. Just don't give up. Ships falling apart, man. Had to offload a bunch of stuff. I've been whipped the past 30 years, and I can kind of see the finish line. And Paul, he must have wanted to give up. He never just wanted to give up. He said, man, I just quit. I totally give up. But then God sends an angel. I mean, I like Jesus totally sends an angel to him and he says, Paul, don't give up. You're going to stand before Caesar yet and everyone sailing with you is also going to make it. That's Jesus. He's going to say amen. You can go ahead and answer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give up, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar. Everyone sailing with you is also going to make it. How I many I know this journey is not just about you? How I many I know there's more people on the boat than just you? Your dream affects or the plan of God for your life, the purpose of God for your life, the assignment of God for your life. It's not just about you. There's other people on that boat. And Paul told him, he says, not one person on this boat is going to drown. Everybody's going to make it out. He so says there's going to be the ship is going to be lost. There's going to be a lot of cargo. There may be some carnage. But all of you guys, you're going to make it. Nobody's going to be lost. He says, dear friends, take heart. I believe God. Everybody say, I I believe believe. God will do exactly what he told me. And then he says, but we're going to shipwreck on some island. (laughs) He told me, he says, we're definitely going to shipwreck. We're definitely going, going to wind up on an island but he says, we're going to make it. And if you finish the story, he gets on another boat, and he does, he goes before, and he stands before Caesar, King Agrippa, and they, they, they mock him. It's funny because God will give you a assignment, he'll tell you to do something, and you think once you get there, that it's all going to be awesome. Everybody's just gonna like receive you and love you. It's like, I'm standing before Caesar now and I want you to know Caesar, Jesus Christ died on the cross. Y'all tried to kill him. Rome tried to kill him, but he was risen from the dead. And the Bible says that they, that they, that they didn't listen to him except the king told him, he says, I was all, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian, but I'm not gonna be a Christian. I'm not gonna serve God. So, you, so Paul would leave that and think, well, man, I didn't do it. No, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Last scripture I'm gonna give you is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence for there's a great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence for there is a great recompense of reward. This is the Amplified version and I'll close with this. It says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience. How many of y'all need any of that? And you have need of endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. And thus you'll receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Cast not away your confidence. Come on, last week we put roots down in the written word of God. But if God's given you a dream or assignment or a plan or a purpose, I want you uh, to put your roots down in that spoken word or dream. And if it's been cut off or if there's been dry, dry times, dry land, I want you to know if you get in the right atmosphere, the, the water or the Holy Spirit will cause that thing to spring forth. And it'll grow, but it don't happen overnight. Things aren't built uh, overnight. They happen, you need me? Oh, I just thought you were, that's the Amen Corner. In here? Oh, well. Thanks, thanks. Y'all, I'm not, I'm not oh welling you. I know you're yeah, not. I love you. That's what I said at the You sweet lady. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, they're going to start a movie in 13 minutes. Oh, well. Oh. Well, we're it. Y'all come on in and watch. Just kidding. I was done anyway. But we do have to get all our gear out. But I'm talking to them. My daddy was alive. I'd send him over with his axe handle. (laughs) His 45. Get him, daddy. Sick him. Praise God. Rooted in the word of God. Rooted in what he spoke to you. The whole purpose of what we're talking about is just receiving from God. God's got things for you, but you've got to hold on to them sometimes. may not happen overnight, but he wants you to get there. Let's pray together this morning. I thank you, Father God, for the entrance of your word, giving light, understanding. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't just put anybody in the Bible, but you put people that had dreams, assignments. Vision that you've given us Abraham and Joseph and Jacob and Daniel and Paul and David that we can glean from them, that we see the process of the dream so that we ourselves in 2014, the things that you have for us to do, even when it looks like it's cut off or it's all is lost, that Father God, that though there's hope in the tree, that there's hope in that tree, that the hope is in the roots, that we allow the roots, our own roots, to go down deep into the soil of the written word and the spoken word.